This is an ABC podcast. Hello there. My name's Ruby and this is news time. Hello, Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Every week we count down five amazing news stories from all over the world. Today, we'll meet a Paralympic star who's just had another huge win. We'll explore volcanoes on the moon. We'll learn about the beautiful things you can make out of dried grass. We'll go looking for a sneaky owl. And we'll learn how jumping castles are saving the planet. Sounds epic. Okay, let's do it. Let's start the countdown. Story number five. Madison Di Rosario is one of the world's best wheelchair racers. It's where you use real chairs and you race, but it's a bit trickier because you need to use your arms to pull the wheels. Yep, Madison has super strong arms. This year, she won two gold medals at the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. That's a big sports event for athletes from all over the world who have a range of disabilities. She was stoked with her Paralympic golds. Good job, Madison. But then another big race came along, the New York Marathon in the United States. Madison wasn't sure if she'd be able to enter the race, because of the coronavirus lockdowns. But just a few weeks before the marathon was due to happen, she found out that she was allowed to travel. So she quickly packed her bags and flew to the US. Go Madison! Her trip sure paid off. The New York Marathon is a really long race, 42 kilometres. It would take most people hours and hours to finish it. But Madison, she finished the marathon in less than two hours. She practised and practised and practised. And she won! Not only that, Madison made history by becoming the first Australian woman ever to win the New York Marathon. And she's the only person who's ever won a Paralympic marathon and the New York marathon in the same year. That's a really good job and whoa. Talk about a marathon effort. Well done, Madison. A group of space scientists have made a discovery. And, well, let's just say they are over the moon about it. I would like to visit the moon because I love cheese. I hate to burst your bubble, but you might struggle trying to find cheese on that big lunar sphere. One thing you can find there, though, is rocks. Space scientists have been busy collecting lots of moon rocks, and they've discovered these rocks were made by volcanoes. I did not know there was volcanoes on the moon. Wow. Yep. Last year, scientists in China sent a spacecraft to the moon to collect rocks and learn more about it. They brought the rocks back to Earth to do some tests. And guess what they found out? The moon really is made of cheese. (laughs) Just kidding. 
They found out just how old these rocks are. They were formed a really long time ago, when hot lava spewed out of the volcanoes and then cooled down and got hard again. How old do you reckon they are? 150 years old. Way older than that. 364 billion years old. Okay, okay, not quite that old. They're about 2 billion years old. That's even older than the dinosaurs. Like, way older than the dinosaurs. Last time science tested volcanic rocks from the moon, they were 3 billion years old. That means volcanoes have been erupting on the moon for at least a billion years longer than scientists first thought. I think they are still there, but some have stopped erupting. You might be right. This new information will help scientists figure out exactly how old the moon is and help them figure out the age of other planets too. Planets that are a little bit too far away to get samples from. Wow! Story number three. Some very talented First Nations women have been turning dry grass into beautiful works of art. Because it's easy to poke into little holes and you can make stuff out of it. Plus, there's a lot of it growing in the middle of Australia. And that's where the Junpi Desert Weavers live. They're a group of more than 400 Ananu and Yananu women from 26 communities in the NPY lands in the Central Australian Desert. The word Junpi means grass in Pichinjara language. The weavers create lots of amazing sculptures, like animals and birds and reptiles and baskets and even people, all using grass. They look tree-ish. Some look like trees, but some also look like people walking as well. They do too. These six sculptures are called Punu Pakupa, which means happy trees. One of the weavers, Diane Golding, says the artwork is called that because the trees look like happy dancing ladies. The happy trees are being displayed in some of the world's most important galleries in Europe. I feel like they feel proud and like happy to have them. They should be proud. Well done, Junpi Desert Weavers. Story number two. I'm bird watching. I'm trying to spot a Shelley's eagle owl. It has lots of feathers, weird looking like hair on its head. It has big eyebrows and the black. It has a big chest and it has a yellow beak. That's right. And the Shelley's eagle owl is a big owl. It's between 50 and 60 centimetres tall. That's about the same as two basketballs on top of each other. But even though they're big, it's really difficult to spot a Shelley's eagle owl. Because maybe they're camouflaged? Well, one reason is there aren't many left of them in the wild. Another is that they usually only come out at night because owls are nocturnal. This eagle owl lives in the rainforests of Central and Western Africa, and over the past 150 years or so, 
A few people say they've spotted them in the wild, but no one has been able to prove it until now. Whoa, that's a big owl. I have to take a photo. That's what the bird watcher who saw it said too. They were in the country Ghana when they saw a Shelley's eagle owl perched on a branch just for a few seconds. Luckily, they had their camera handy, so they snapped a few photos. The bird watchers said it was a hoot to see such a magnificent bird. They are hoping that their sighting will make people realise how important it is to take care of the forests in Africa. Because forests are really helpful for the world and they help plants grow. Yep, and without forests, birds like the Shelley's eagle owl wouldn't have a home. Story number one. Okay, everyone onto the jumping castle, please. It's time to have a bounce. Bounce, 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 bounce. You know what's extra cool about this jumping castle? I like that it's bouncy and some of them have slides and we can also play on them really roughly. Uh, not too rough, thank you very much. The extra cool thing about this jumping castle is that it's helping the planet. Every time we bounce, this jumping castle takes pollution out of the air. A pump sucks the bad stuff out of the air and feeds it to a teeny tiny living thing called algae. That's very smart. It is very smart. This jumping castle went on display at a big event in Scotland called COP26. Some of the world's most important leaders gathered at COP26 to talk about climate change which is the way that our planet is heating up. The planet heating up, that's not a very good thing. It means more wild weather, fires, floods, and tough times for people and animals and plants all across the world. All trees or plants could die. We can't breathe if it's too hot. One of the reasons climate change is happening is because people haven't been taking very good care of the planet, especially the air, which has been polluted with harmful gases from things like factories and traffic and big rubbish dumps. That's where the jumping castle comes in. This invention could be one of the jump starts we need to clean the air and help us turn things around. And that is the end of today's show, my friends. Thank you so much for all your help. Thanks, Ruby. Don't forget to check the show notes so you can do this week's News Time Quiz. I'll catch you next week with more epic stories. See you later. See you later. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, Download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.